I tried to make a list the other day in my head of things I didn't know. Not facts, like not you know facts that I didn't know so much, but like certain things that I didn't know that if you had put me on national television and put a shining bright light in my face and asked me to explain how it worked and gave me a million dollars if I could explain it to you, I wouldn't be able to explain it. You know, like series of complex things that I can't explain. I just don't understand. Now, I know some things at least well enough to explain them to my children when they ask. You know, how does your heart work? I have a basic grasp of that. I sort of know how blood works and you know, flows through the system. I can generally diagnose what's wrong with them in the middle of the night. I have a good grasp on the human body. I liked anatomy and physiology class, right? I know a little bit about that. I know some things well enough. But there are some things that I have, um, I would say, a vague general knowledge of. Like, if you asked me to draw a picture, I could probably draw a picture. I could maybe explain it to you, sort of, how it works. But I don't know how it works. Like, the electrical system. I was looking at all the power lines, and they were predicting, you know, the weather was coming, and we were all going to lose power, right? And I was driving home from dropping my daughter off at school, and I looked up at the power lines, and I said, you know, if that power line fell down, I would have no idea how to fix it. I know how the power grid works in theory. I could explain it to you, but I can't fix that line. And then there are other things. There is a third category of things that I don't know. I just don't know. I couldn't explain it to you if you asked me. I don't have one Scooby-Doo about how they work or function, right? Not one. Like, for example, plumbing. I don't understand why things go down the pipe sometimes, but then sometimes come back up the pipe. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm okay with not understanding it. I'm glad we have plumbers. I don't really understand how our political system works, like, in theory. Like, if it were working at 100%, how does a bill go to law? I have no idea. I don't understand it. It's too complicated. It's outside of the scope of things that I understand. So I invite you this morning to join me in my nerdery for a moment. I'm going to set a timer, and I'm going to give you one minute. And I want you to think of the things that you don't understand. Just make a list in your head of things that you don't understand. And I don't mean like you could figure it out if given time. Like I mean things that right now, if I landed a helicopter in the yard and put a light on your head and said, answer this question for a million dollars, would you be able to answer it? Okay, just a list. Ready? Here's our one minute timer. Maybe. Go. Thirty seconds. Ten seconds. Five, four, 
three, two, one. Ah, here we go. <laughs> How long is your list? Yeah? pretty long and I bet if we put together a list of all those things that we didn't know like if we spent time and everybody named the things they didn't know our list would probably match in some places and probably not in other places but my guess is your list is uncomfortably long like when you really think about all the things that you don't know it probably makes you uncomfortable it's more than we'd like to admit because we like to pretend we're experts or we like to think we're experts and what I've learned along the way is that with the things that I don't know, I have to trust that somebody else does know them. I will never understand how the power grid works, but I trust that someone knows how the power grid works. I may not understand how the brain works, but I trust that the neurosurgeon who will do the brain surgery knows how the brain works. And while you may not have a working knowledge of biblical Greek, you may trust that at one point I did pass a biblical Greek test. We all of us know different things. We have different areas of expertise. And that's how we keep this thing going, right? I want to be honest, though. I don't understand how dying works. I mean, I understand the mechanics of dying. I understand the process of dying. Like, I, I've been blessed to be present when people have died enough times at this point that I could tell you the physical signs of dying. I can tell you about how long someone probably has left. It's always a guess. But I can generally tell you what the signs are, the physical signs, the emotional signs, the psychological signs. I know what the states of the process are. I know what the signs of the process are. So I could explain to you the physical things that happen, the emotional things that happen. And I can explain to you the emotional process of grief after it happens. I can help navigate you through the experience of grief, both in the minute and over time. And I can do these things because I have experience in them. I've been there, I've walked through that valley with people. I know what the experience will be like. And I can walk you through that because I have training in that area. It was the one class in seminary everybody wanted to avoid if they could. Death and dying. Twelve weeks of fun and laughter. Which were probably the most valuable experience that I had at seminary. I have training. I can tell you what the funeral planning process looks like. I can tell you what embalming looks like, though I'm quite happy to never participate in that ever. I know these things because I have training, I have experience in these things. And many of us, before our life is over, will experience that sacred moment where the clouds part a little, where we see and experience someone dying, where we get to be there at that sacred time, where we can carry that experience with us forward. But I can't tell you the mechanics of how the soul works. I can't explain to you the mechanics of the soul and whether it goes to heaven, when and how and what or who. I can't tell you that. I can't tell you with a guarantee what your soul is going to experience when you die. I can't do it. 
One, because it's unclear what happens when we die. The Bible doesn't tell us. We wish it would. It would be really nice if Jesus could have included a chapter in the gospel saying, and then after Jesus died, this is what happened. That would be handy. I'd like it. Or you could feel maybe in Lamentations, that would be a good spot for that. We're lamenting. Someone died, and here's what they experienced, right? Wouldn't that be a great chapter in Lamentations? I have some suggestions for God when we get to heaven, and this is one of them. The Bible is unclear about what happens. It's unclear about what happens to our soul. It's unclear about what heaven looks like. If you go through John and Matthew and Mark and Luke, and each one of them describes a different version of heaven. So I don't know for certainty what that looks like. And I can't tell you what happened when Lazarus died. I can't. I don't have that experience. I don't know. I've never been there with somebody who's been resurrected four days after they died. It doesn't normally happen. In all of my experience, no one has ever been resurrected. So I can't explain to you the mechanics of how this works. And I think if we're honest, that's what scares us the most about death. That we don't know. We don't understand how it works. I used to be terrified of flying. Terrified, like anxiety attacks. And so my therapist suggested that I watch videos on how airplanes work, right? She said, if you, you just need to understand how it works. So if you can go and look at some videos about how an airplane flies, you will be fine. And so I did. I went down that internet rabbit hole of how does an airplane fly, and I could probably tell you how it flies now. I've got a good grip on it. But the last video I watched was a pilot who was explaining how the airplane flies to scared flyers. Have you ever, have you ever seen these kind of videos? And I'll tell you that once I learned how it worked, I was a lot less afraid of flying. But the problem is we are never going to know that about death until we experience it. It's always going to be an unknown. We can go through a YouTube rabbit hole of people who claim they know what it's like, and I'm not sure how much weight I would put into those. We don't know. And like with all the other things that we don't know, we have to learn to trust that someone else does know, that someone else does understand, that someone else has got the mechanics of this thing down. Mary and Martha, and the disciples for that matter, are struggling in today's story because they don't understand. Jesus received word in Bethany that his friend Lazarus was dying. Now, this was a good family friend. His friend was ill, and Jesus' response is, meh, he'll be fine. And this was clearly not the response that the disciples, or Mary, or Martha for that matter, were expecting Jesus to make. They expected Jesus to get up and rush to Lazarus' side. This was a good family friend. What are you doing, Jesus? The disciples have all kinds of why questions. Why aren't you going back, Jesus? This is your friend. Why are you waiting? Why did you wait four days to go see Lazarus? You knew he was dying four days ago. What's wrong with you? And then some other disciples wanted to know why he would go in the first place. As soon as he gets there, he's going to be stoned to death. It's just one person. They don't understand. And when he gets there, Mary and Martha want to know why Jesus didn't come before either. They said, we sent you a letter. Why didn't you come? 
We're your best friends. We know you could have done something if you were here. We trusted you. We know that you can heal if you had just come. Jesus answers in a not-so-helpful way. At least not if you're trying to understand the mechanics of the process. Don't you trust me, he says. Don't you trust me? I am the resurrection and the life. Don't you believe me? They don't understand. And Jesus simply states, I wanted you to see and to believe. I wanted you to see and to believe because while this is just Lazarus, in a week it's going to be me. I want you to see that I can raise Lazarus. I can raise Lazarus. I can do it. And you can all see it because you're standing here at this tomb. I'm going to raise Lazarus. It's going to be four days. I want you to see and to believe. He knows that they see that Lazarus will be raised when Jesus goes on to say, guess what, guys? It's going to happen to me, too. I'm going to die and be resurrected. You're going to see it, that they might believe. Also, Jesus is picking a fight with the religious authorities. It's sort of a thumb in their nose, right? They, he wants to be arrested, so he waits. So that there's no guessing that Jesus is going to raise the dead. And many believed. Many saw and believed. And some didn't. They didn't understand. They didn't understand the mechanics of the process. They didn't understand how Jesus was doing all these things or why Jesus was doing all these things. But he did it so they would learn to trust and to believe. When it comes to our time to walk this road, we may not understand. We probably won't understand. We may not understand how, we may not understand why. And we have lots of questions, it's true, and I have probably as many as you do about it. Why do certain people die in certain ways? I don't understand it. I don't understand the mechanics of how it works. I have more questions than answers in this process, but Mary and Martha saw, and they believed. Which means I just have to trust that Jesus knows the answer. That Jesus understands the mechanics of this process. That Jesus, who has already walked this valley twice, at least, knows how to raise the dead. I have to trust and believe that Jesus, who has walked this valley, is the resurrection and the life. That Jesus, who raises this, this Lazarus, still cries over this Lazarus. That Jesus, who gets to the tomb, weeps, even though he knows this is not the end of the story. That Jesus knows. And I just have to trust him. So maybe it's time to be okay with not knowing. That we don't have to have all the answers. That we don't have to understand the mechanics of how it works. That in this case, we have to walk by faith and not by sight. Because we can put the list of all the things together that we don't really understand and that we have to take on trust that we do every day of our lives because we don't know everything.
We just have to trust and to believe. And when the time comes for weeping, and we walk through that valley with Mary and with Martha, when the time comes for grieving, and we walk with the disciples of all ages, and when we walk with Jesus, when the time comes for us to do that, we do not walk that valley by ourselves. So it's time to trust the one who has the experience and the knowledge and the training to deliver us safely home. Amen. The truth is we don't have the answers and we don't know what will happen. But when we put our trust in our faith in the person who does know those answers, then we can say it as well with our souls. Now I invite you to receive the benediction by sticking out your hands. May the grace of God, the love of Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and into the life everlasting. Amen. There's a path and it leads us out together to the world where the darkness hovers still we are sent and the spirit goes before us God says go be my presence in the world. a path and it leads us out together to the world where the darkness hovers still we are sent and the spirit goes before us god says go be my presence in the world.